on April the 15th of this year. The people of Paris watched in horror as their beloved cathedral, Notre Dame, was burning. People around the world watched with them, and together we prayed. Some at the scene sang hymns, some wept, and some stood in disbelief, in utter silence. This great Gothic structure took over a hundred years to construct, and there was renovation going on when the fire started. Its pointed arched windows, so typical of the Gothic style, are likened to hands frozen in prayer. Its massive windows, intended to let in generous amounts of light, because Gothic spirituality was founded on the image of God, who is light. Outside the main doors of the cathedral, a bronze star is embedded in the pavement of the courtyard. This star marks the end point of all road signs in France and neighboring areas that speak of how far it is to get to Paris. The point is not to the center of the city, as in most geographies. The point, the end point, is just outside the doors of their beloved cathedral. In the great south tower that was not damaged, some think it was a miracle, there is a great bell tuned to the key of F, and it has a name. Like all church bells, it is blessed when it is installed. The ritual of blessing a bell, especially in a cathedral, is called the baptism of the bell. This great bell of Notre Dame has a name. It's called Emmanuel. Tonight, my friends, we've gathered to hear the story of the birth of a child whose name had been foretold that it would be given to him as Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. There's something powerful something deeply spiritual when we hear this story. For some, it could bring tears of great emotion. For others, simply in silence to listen. Surely for all of us, it brings great joy. Luke is a great storyteller. The familiar details in his stories are carefully chosen. We are so familiar with this story, it almost doesn't seem like it's a miracle. It, we 
we can almost relate it on our own, speak the words and the phrases, because it's our miracle. Luke weaves a subtle language of theology through this familiar text. But make no mistake, this is not an innocent bedtime story. It awakens in us a radical understanding of what life ought to be. I believe it is true that every story of our separate and yet connected journeys and lives lead to the heart the very center of this story. It's like our bronze star embedded in our spiritual DNA, just as surely as all the roads lead to the steps of Notre Dame. Underneath the words and phrases of Luke, he takes us beyond the sentimentality of this heartwarming story of the birth of a baby into the more engaging, if sometimes difficult, teaching about life, death, and resurrection of the Son of God and of our own. In the child of Mary and Joseph, the Word of God has become flesh. The shepherds hurried to see this wondrous sight, and no matter where our hearts might be or where our lives might take us. We know in our hearts that there is room for joy this day. This is the joy that flows from the unconditional love of God for each of us. No matter how great our efforts are to make ourselves completely happy by our own choices, the deep and profound joy that begins with the love of Christ is beyond all those measures. In the extraordinary nature of this night, this day, with its beauty and its excitement, with the greetings and the gestures of joy and love that are sincere and so necessary, there is an honesty, there is a pure and simple goodness that we hope would never leave us. The birth of this child, who is also Savior, seemed so innocent and so beautiful. And yet there was political unrest then, and there were religious factions and divisions, and there was war among nations. And there were innocent families trying to find shelter and safety. And there was human need and there was illness. And yet the meaning of this event, this birth, has stretched across 2,000 years of human efforts to make of it more than just a birth announcement. It changed the course of history, and surely that change can be born again tonight. Surely our hope to renew love, to rebuild relationships, to care, just to care more, to forgive more graciously, 
surely all of that will rise again. God's grace has arrived in our midst, not with mountains trembling, drummers drumming, or lords a-leaping. The joy of God's grace has stretched across the years and generations of believers, and it comes to rest in this time and in this place. And I believe, I believe that the joy, the very joy of God's grace is in the silent and tender glances of people in love, here in this place and in places all over the world. And I believe that the joy of God's grace is born this day in the homes of those who could not afford much this year, but who maybe at this moment are opening the gifts from giving trees that have sprung up in communities, parishes, cathedrals, and chapels all over the nation. Such are the signs of the Christ-like goodness from those who care to give a little more. And I believe that the joy of God's grace will be manifest to those who, tonight, will need a shoulder to lean on, arms to embrace them, a smile to give them comfort, no matter what grief and hurt they may have known this past year. And I believe that the joy of God's grace is born again this night. In the hearts of those who are young, and those who are old, those who have more questions than answers about, about what should life be like, but those who still have the strength to give birth to a measure of hope one more time. This joy, of course, may not fully heal a broken heart or a relationship, or completely satisfy all the hungers we have, or find shelter for all who seek it. But it has the power to resolve in us what we can do to change our world so that once again, it will be true once again what the angels on that hillside near Bethlehem announced. There is good news for all God's people no one will be denied. We came to this place tonight, to this inn that's pretty much full. Perhaps the joy of our lives is but a glimpse of what the angels sang. I hope it is enough for all of us to give thanks and praise to God. It is enough. My Christmas prayer, my friends, is that the glory of Emmanuel will ring in our hearts and in your lives in whatever key is best and bring a new light deep into the window of your soul where there will rise again from the embers of your spirit 
a deeper joy, a lasting peace. Merry Christmas to you. <laughs>